Do we need to turn the sound up a little more? Yeah. Yeah. Is it necessary? Hare Krishna. Can ask if anybody very good here? We should always remember the context in which Bhagavad Gita was spoken. Bhagavad Gita was spoken by Lord Krishna to Arjuna because Arjuna wanted to give up his duty of fighting. But uh, as Krishna will explain in it, Arjuna thought that fighting in this circumstance would not be good. Therefore he proposed to uh, undertake the duty of a brahmana, which is uh, peaceful. In this verse, which Krishna speaks today, Krishna rejects this proposition. Why so is more clearly explained in the next verse of Bhagavad Gita. Every endeavor is covered by some fault, just as fire is covered by smoke. Therefore, one should not give up the work born of his nature of Sarakunti, even if such work is full of fault. So Arjuna was thinking that I, I won't fight, I'll become like a Brahmana, but Krishna is saying that even a Brahmana's duty, there's some kind of fault. Everything done in this world, there's some kind of fault. The very nature of this world is that it is full of fault. Existence in this material world is in itself a fault. So even if the, the, the fault is forgetfulness of and envy of Krishna. So even if one executes his material duties very perfectly, it is still faulty. Often people think that the position promoted by Srila Prabhupada in his books is too extreme. That Prabhupada condemns activities that are generally considered very good. It could be understood if gambling, meat-eating, intoxication, cheating and so on are castigated. Castigated. Uh, chastised. But why should opening hospitals, opening schools, feeding the poor, why should that also be the subject of Srila Prabhupada's disapproval? This is considered the most saintly thing that one could do in this world. Maybe the most uh, esteemed person for saintliness in the modern world was Mother Teresa. Well, she didn't have any children, but she was called Mother Teresa. Because she dedicated her life selflessly for the uplift of the poor. So people cannot understand why Srila Prabhupada, who himself is recognized as a saintly person, uh, why he's not giving uh, much approval to this, what he calls mundane welfare work. Even if we are to accept Mother Teresa as saintly, which I have my doubts about, because after all she was a meat eater. Not only that, but she was a, a meat feeder. She used to help the poor by feeding them meat. So that didn't help them, that helped them to go to hell, that's all. 
But uh, she is lauded by materialistic people as a great saintly person. But actually, the uh, the welfare work done by Srila Prabhupada in one minute of his life is worth is millions of times more valuable than what Mother Teresa did in her whole life. He is incomparably more saintly because he's performing actual welfare work. Of course, foolish people can't understand this. And although some may think that Prabhupada, he was a new saintly person, nice old man, well-intentioned, who promoted an exotic Indian cult. That's about as far as, that's about the highest appreciation materialistic scholars could yeah, have no, issue the Prabhupada. But actually, you see, even this so-called mundane welfare work, there is, uh, it seems to be that it's very beneficial for others. But it is faulty, because it is based on the misunderstanding that we are supposed to be the enjoyers of this material world. Help the poor, deliver them from their suffering. Give them money, give them food. Why should they be deprived of the opportunity to enjoy this material world like everybody else? Why should they have to suffer? So this attempt is faulty because it doesn't recognize the supremacy of Krishna and that we are all suffering in this material world due to forgetfulness and of and envy of Krishna. So everything in this material world is faulty. Here it's mentioned how the duty of a Kshatriya, there is a fault there of, in the purport, Prabhupada mentions how there is a fault of killing people. A Brahmana may also be engaged in, uh, in uh, animal sacrifices. And uh, a Vaishya may be telling lies. Who has been to a shop where the shopkeeper tells you that for you I am making no problems? Has anyone ever had this experience? Some. It's quite common. Or he says that I'm only making one, I'm selling this for 100 rupees, I'm only making one rupee profit. So we can understand what he said. It's a lie. Just as a Kshatriya is practiced to kill without flinching, a Vaishya is practiced to lie as if it was he was speaking the complete, honest, absolute truth. Businessman. Even you see if another type of Vaishya may be looking after cows, but in the course of looking cows, when you're driving the cows, sometimes you have to feed them. So in the course of protecting the sacred cow, one is also beating, which uh, you're not supposed to beat cows, but without sometimes beating them or forcing them, then they'll, they'll uh, cause chaos. They won't be controlled. So in every kind of activity there is some kind of fault. But even the, what we could say the good side or the pious side of activities, in this material world, they're also full. The, the pious activities are also full. The activity of the Vaishya in protecting cows is also faulty if he doesn't do so with a clear consciousness, clear consciousness of service to Krishna. The duty of the Kshatriya uh, to protect the citizens, even if perfectly performed, if it's done without a clear sense of Krishna consciousness, it's also faulty. Even the brahmanas who lead a very uh, pure kind of lifestyle, 
even they, if they don't have a clear consciousness of service to Krishna, then their activities are also full of fault. So what is required is not so much to think that I have to change my duty, but one has to change the consciousness in which it is done. The consciousness should be changed from thinking, I am the enjoyer of this material world. I will get pious benefits by performing my duties according to Shastra. This way of thinking should be changed into thinking that whatever I'm doing, I should do for the satisfaction. There are some parameters to, to this paradigm, however. For instance, uh, generally speaking, if one is engaged in the occupation of a, uh, a murderer and a thief, then that cannot be offered very well in the service of Krishna. There are so many different sub-castes in India. So there, there's the potter class, potter, Kumbhatana. the blacksmith class, the class, the goldsmith class, then the uh, seafaring merchants, they're also one kind of class, moneylenders class, there's also the thief class, just like someone, his father was a barber, grandfather was a barber, great-grandfather was a barber, so he becomes a barber. That was the traditional system in India, in all the classes. Yeah. So there was, and is still, the thief class, Dakois. And in every generation, they, uh, they stop travelers uh, into houses and kill people and take their valuables. So in almost all circumstances, such a profession should not be attempted to be engaged in Krishna's service. But actually, nowadays, all the different duties and castes, it's all confused and mixed up. The potter class is much reduced because people use plastic cups now. The main thing they used to make was cups for drinking tea. But uh, overnight, about maybe 15 years ago, the railway minister decided that on all the trains they should have plastic cups. And then automatically, so many potters they, they lost their traditional profession. So here it said that one should not give up one's duty, but rather one should uh, engage in his duty in the service of Krishna. But in the modern age it may be difficult to understand, well anyway, what is my duty? Because we see often someone is trained as an engineer, he doesn't get a job, then he becomes a businessman, and that doesn't work, and then he, he gets some other kind of job. It's very common in the West, and probably increasingly so in India also. The people, they, they get a degree specializing in one subject, but then they do their career in something completely different. And anyway, in the modern age, uh, most people are living like shudras, in the sense of vritti or occupation. That means most people, all they can think of is getting a job. You see young men, that they, maybe they get a job in Wipro in, in Bangalore, and they become very proud. Oh, I got a job in Wipro. Maybe it's sweeping the floor or something. But uh, they think it's very prestigious to be employed by Wipro. But traditionally in India it was considered a shame to be employed by anyone. And someone from the Vaishya caste, they would never, Vaishya and up, Vaishya, Kshatriya, Brahmana, they would never, never take employment. They would consider that a great loss of prestige. So the particular context of this discussion about 
one's not giving up one's material duties. Um, the specific context in which this is being spoken, to a large extent, it doesn't apply nowadays because the caste system is more or less broken down. But the basic principle remains active that everything should be done for the service of Krishna. And one who is not fit for renunciation, he should rather remain in his material occupation and worship Krishna in that position. Now, again, it becomes a little complex because at least in traditional Varnashram society, everything was attempted to be done according to the principles of dharma. That was a general principle. Whereas in modern life, everything is done according to adharma, practically. And it's very difficult to do any occupation without some serious involvement in adharma. In, not in every occupation, but in many, it's like that. Just like if one is a uh, sales manager for a company in a particular region, then uh, the, the method to get the contract is not that you, it's got nothing to do with uh, how good your product is or the price or any such thing. The representatives of the different companies, they don't care about this, but they want that the sales manager will provide them wine, meat and women, and then they'll accept it. On behalf of the company, they'll accept the contract. So if one is a sales manager, a regional manager, or he has his own company providing certain things, then uh, one may go out of business or lose his job if he doesn't act according to this principle. So it becomes very difficult to ascertain what should be done. How can one offer such activities in the service to the service of Krishna? In each individual case it has to be ascertained exactly what should be done. For this reason, spiritual life should not be undertaken independently, but should be undertaken under the direction of an expert guru. And uh, if one is obliged to engage in or to have some contact with activities that are not karmic, then uh, especially in that circumstance it becomes very much incumbent upon him to offer charity. From one's profits one should give charity for the cause of promoting Krishna consciousness. So I'm going to finish here because I have to go see a doctor. Maybe if there are any questions, Akinjan Krishna Prabhu could take any questions. Yes. Yes, speaker. He's preaching very successfully in Bella. So, if there are any questions, you could the get them to him. It's a bit of a complex subject. What is dharma and what is adharma? It's this topic has uh, boxed. What should we say? Bewildered, or it has tested the minds and realization of many great rishis in the past. Nityanand looks like he's very concerned that I answer his question. Can you say in the mic?
Brahman is feeling an animal, uh, we know that uh, when it was performed, especially in previous stages, the animal was getting uh, promotion, at least not human, most human form of our body, so how can it be considered at fault? Because a living entity gets such a chance for, so how it can be a fault uh, of occupation, of occupation. Some fault is there because even to benefit that living entity, one has to inflict suffering. There's also the tendency to uh, to overindulge more than is required by, by the tenets of karma, to overindulge in animal form. As is described in the uh, narration of Maharaj Prachina Barhisha in Srimad Bhagavatam. Prachina Barhisha. Prachina Barhisha. You didn't read that? I didn't. I'm finding out. You have to read Bhagavatam. That's in the fourth canto. First canto. You have to read more. Hare Krishna. 